The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of Coal Investment Group and its staff. Coal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. And welcome to it. The Retirement Clinic is live in studio every Saturday, 10 o'clock, with your host, Jeff Kowal. Jeff is president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, and Chauncey Weisensel in studio as well. Good morning, Chauncey. Good morning, Paul. And Jeff Kowal, how are you? I'm well, Paul. How are you? Fantastic. I'm ready to get started talking about retirement and what you do at the Kowal Investment Group, starting with a little background. Jeff, Monday through Friday, you have been doing this on WISN, the market updates, reports on the markets. That's right. Since 1997, actually. For 25 years, we've been doing that. Uh, every day at 3 o'clock news block in Mark Belling show and 5 o'clock news block in the Mark Belling late afternoon show. We give you a minute of what's happening in the market at that particular day. What's causing it to go up or down? Uh, is it government report? Is it earnings report? What's happening that particular day? Then we wrap it up with uh, the Dow, the S&P 500, tech-heavy Nasdaq, and also try to give you a what. Uh, so what? Uh, so this is what happened. So how does it apply to you in your life? In one minute, every day, Monday through Friday, 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock news blocks on WISN. And just my guess that listeners are paying, uh, especially if you're close to retirement, a little extra special attention to those reports. Well, we hope so. I mean, you always we should be. We try to get some guidance in those as well. So, Yeah, uh, but these days, you know, it's people that are close to retiring. I'm, you know, Jeff, they, they watch their activities and their accounts by the hour in some cases. I don't think that's healthy. I don't think that's healthy either. Either, um, Yeah, some do. But we, again, we try to give some insights, and then we also give our phone number and website so that you can contact us if you want to go into further depth on it after you hear our awesome reports. Well, that website is thekowalway.com. You added a location. Let's start the show by talking about some exciting news. Well, uh, Jim Liebert in Heartland was, has been a good friend of mine for a long time. And he was... One of my idols when I started in business, we heard about this guy in Heartland that would only do business with within a five-mile radius of his office. And so I got to meet him. I was I actually got to be good friends with him. I was in a study group with him for 25 years. And he's still working with us, but he's looking at retiring. And uh, uh, we joined uh, the Liebert Financial Services, joined the COA Investment Group. And, uh, again, they practice the same way we do. He cares about his clients, uh, always puts clients' interests first. So it was a really good match. So you're uh, in Heartland now? In Heartland now, yeah. It's an exciting opportunity for us as we, as COA Investment group continues to grow. We're happy to be in the Heartland area and Lake Country, right in the middle of Lake Country. Uh, just a, a great, we're on the, uh, North Avenue in Heartland. Great location, great people. It, now, what about too. that five-mile radius? That's an interesting business strategy. Well, he, he grew up there. He went to Arrowhead High School, played football there, and so he knew everybody in town. Wow. And so uh, that's how he built his practice. Well, some might say that limits you. I'd look at the other way. It's kind of an interesting business model in that if you're in Heartland, you're going to probably go to this guy, right? Right. And and a lot of people did. A lot of people trusted him uh, with their financial planning. And uh, again, we we hope that we can continue that legacy for Jim and uh, and his clients. So the Coal Investment Group doesn't limit anything, though. You will work with any of our listeners. Right. It doesn't have to be in a five-mile radius of... No, no. absolutely not. But it was always funny because he would complain if he had to go out to Mayfair Road <laughs> to come to a meeting or something. He had to leave his office. So. 
Yeah, but he's a good, 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 good friend, and it's a great acquisition for us, a great merger with us. That's exciting news. Now in Heartland, in addition, headquartered in Waukesha, up in Ozaki County, there's a Port Washington office. It's beautiful, right in Lake Michigan. In Racine, which was the most recent location, now surpassed by Heartland. Then, of course, Phoenix, Arizona. So talking about Arizona, Jeff, and your clients, they're located all over the country. You're licensed in more than 27 one. states were licensed in. Wow. Wow. Um, so a lot of our clients uh, either uh, now we're acquiring more uh, via some Internet advertising and other things. But a lot of our clients trust us with their retirement and investment planning. And if they retire around here and go somewhere else, they keep us as their advisor. So we're licensed in 27 states. So if that describes you. We're happy to help you. Each week, we focus on business owners. The boss segment coming up with Aaron Kowal for business owners and their savings and security. The sexy segment is about wealth management and preservation. And Chauncey's going to start the show out. You've got... You've got the, the show today. That's what Jeff told me. It's all you. I don't know if I'd say I've got the show. I've got the start of the show. <laughs> okay, you get to start. That's quite an honor. It is quite an honor. Uh, so I was uh, reading the Wall Street Journal. I found an interesting article on there asking, is it time to re-examine your nest egg? Uh, and with market volatility, uh, inflation, rising interest rates, everything that's going on lately, um, you know, how what changes should you be making? Should you be adjusting your spending if you're already retired? Uh, and there's five different questions in here that I thought were really good questions uh, that were asked of readers or the article writer. Uh, and just some information in there that I found was really good. Uh, and some of my own stuff to add as well. So the first question was, um, how should investors adjust expectations for the market with inflation? Um, obviously, this year has been a bumpy ride so far. Uh, probably to put it gently, it's been a bumpy ride. Um, <clears throat> inflation's been high. Interest rates are going up. Conflict in the Ukraine, all that's been causing volatility in the markets. Uh, and they have some Vanguard studies in here. Um, they say the market may eke out a single-digit gain this year, which is possible. But I think you'd have to see you know, inflation start to go down, interest rates level off. Something happened in the Ukraine where that's getting resolved. They're mostly resolved. <clears throat> um, but you know, this year expected to be pretty choppy, and maybe if we're lucky, we'll we'll eke out some sort of gain. Uh, and Vanguard kind of project going forward. Maybe see instead of those average, we see some, saw some really big years uh, over the last ten year bull market run prior to COVID, and even with COVID, the market still ended up pretty good, even though there was a large drop there in 2020. But maybe to see some. Smoother gains, maybe average about 5% a year, something like that, they, they cited. So maybe not like we've seen the last 10 years, but the market still should end up being very pretty good when things bounce back eventually. It's kind of the big picture. I know we get so wrapped up in day-to-day stuff, Jeff. We talked about your reports earlier, but you look at the big picture. At the end of the year, where were you? And then... More than two-thirds of the time, the market is up. There are going to be times like this when the market is not doing as well. But you have to have patience. You have to have faith that in the U.S. economy that it will come back despite whatever administration we have or what headwinds we have with oil prices or inflation or other things. Eventually, it'll turn around like Chauncey was saying. Yeah, exactly. So it's just keeping, like you said, Paul, that long-term picture in mind, especially when you're investing for retirement. Second one in here was with stocks uh, so volatile, is it time to get more conservative, maybe go to some bonds and cash? Um, the article, and I would agree, probably says Probably don't do that. Um, you know, if you're st- if you can't sleep at night because of all the volatility, maybe it's time to pare down on stocks a little bit and add some bonds. 
Um, but you really want to avoid locking those losses in. You know, if you're 60-40 and you go to 30-70 or something around those lines, you you have 30% lost stocks now. You're taking the losses on those stocks and you're going into bonds, uh, which also haven't been particularly great this year with rising interest rates. That's right. And um, I thought there was an interesting statistic in here. It said a 60-40 portfolio will outperform a 30-70 portfolio by about 1% to 2% a year. Which isn't a ton if you think of it for a year, but when you look at the power of compounding and investing, especially when you keep that long-term view in mind, um, one or two percent can make a pretty large difference in between having a pretty comfortable retirement and maybe saying, eh, maybe I've got to work a couple more years. Explain the 60-40. 60 is stocks? So 60% stocks, 40% bonds, kind of your traditional right retirement portfolio. Uh, if you're a moderate risk tolerance, obviously, some people like to be super risk, riskier than that. Some people like to be more conservative. But um, that's but again, if you're 23 and just starting out your first 401k plan, uh, do you do you just go with that 60-40 rule, Jeff? Or is everybody I different? I would tend to be more growth-oriented. Even now, if you're planning on working for three or four more years or longer, even maybe less than that, I would still be more aggressive in my 401k, because, and I am. Because uh, I'm putting money in on a regular, consistent basis. So yeah. I'm buying at a discount now that the market's down. Yeah, things are down. You're buying them low. That's right. And uh, I talked about this on the, uh, an interview that I did recently that you'll call me and thank me three years from now that if you're putting <laughs> money into a 401k, put that money into a Roth 401k, a Roth. not Because now you have, not only are you buying at a discount while you're putting money in on a consistent basis, but now all that growth when the market does recover is going to be tax-free. That's yeah. a great way to go. That's a good point. And the Roth is where you pay your taxes right now up Very front. Very good, Paul. You got it. Yep. And then it grows, pay of taxes up front and it grows tax-free forever. That's a great deal, but especially it, when you're putting money in. It goes against human nature. Well, when absolutely. things are down and you see your account go down, you tend to get a little emotional and a little cheeks, some some can panic cheeks pucker a little bit <laughs> <laughs> right okay so I should get out I should, it's the worst thing you can do Chauncey yeah exactly and I even <clears throat> made a note here maybe it's a, not a bad time to get more aggressive you know Jeff alluded to it, especially if you're in your four hundred one k's and you're adding even if let's say you're retired and you have that traditional sixty forty well the market's down about twenty percent. Even if it goes down a little further, maybe you scoot up to 70, 30 or something like that. So now you have more in stocks when it comes back. Hopefully your portfolio comes back quicker and um, maybe you get some gains off that. And you say, all right, maybe let's go back down to that 60, 40 uh, where maybe I feel a little bit more comfortable. But hopefully that helps your portfolio come back a little more quickly. You say when it comes back, Jeff, we know it will come back. All markets do. All markets go up, all markets go down. Last hour, Bob and Craig talking about real estate. Same thing. That market that was booming in real estate, and still to some extent really is, can't go on forever. And Jeff, a bull market in the stock market, that can't go on forever. A good market, a bull market can't go on forever, and neither does a bear market. And history bears it out. Again, you know, this is an investment show, so you can't make any guarantees. But historically, when you look at it, it has always come back and typically comes back with a vengeance. Since, uh, let's see, I have a chart right here. Over the last 100 years, there have been 11 times where the market's dropped more than 20%. And each time, I'll show you this, Paul. You can't see it on the radio, obviously. Okay, so I'm looking at a graph, and it goes up, Dramati then down, but then dr dramatically up. Dramatically up after a downturn in the market. And yeah. each time, the last 11 times, 
times over the last 100 years where the market dropped more than 20%. It came up dramatically. Some overextended period of times, it would be up 900%. This was in the 1940s. Uh, in the 1970s, for the 12 years plus, it went came up 845% over those 12 over that 12 year period of time. So when it does drop by more than 20%, whether it's a tech bubble or World War II or Korean War or the housing bubble, you know everybody says, "Oh, we've never seen something like this before." Well, yeah. we've never seen a Great Depression before. We've never seen a World War II before. That's true. That, that is all those times. Jeff, you're putting everything in perspective for people that don't like. So I, I hear it every day. Take callers on WISN's programming. Right? These are unprecedented, unprecedented times. The country's so divided. This has never happened before. It's really happened before. <laughs> it's happened. Have you lived through the '60s? Some people haven't because they're not right. That Jeff, you lived through the '60s. You survived. Survived it, yes. And then the 70s and Jimmy Carter and inflation and high rates. Then the 80s were different with Reagan and Wall Street building. That's when our 401ks just blossomed, right? Yep. So you got to put things in perspective. And so, again, you can't guarantee that's going to come back, but historic, history says that every time that's dropped like this has come back with a vengeance. So that's what Chauncey was saying, that maybe even try to pick up the pace a little bit. It's hard to do it. It's counterintuitive, like you mentioned. It's hard to do that. It's it's hard to watch a movie when you're in it. <laughs> we're right in the middle of it now, and we're in it. And so it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And you just have to have patience and be faithful and keep the faith. All right, Chauncey, I know you had five different uh, steps, so sorry to interrupt. No, that's okay. We got some uh, good, good talk in there. Um, the third one was, is it a good time to hold more cash? Uh, something similar to bonds. Uh, right, you don't want to sell a bunch and go to cash and <clears throat> lock in some of those losses. Uh, also, right now with cash, you're pretty you have a negative return, so to speak, right? Because you're losing purchasing power due to inflation. You know, even if your savings account was one percent, and that's that would be an amazing savings account right now. One <laughs> percent, <laughs> and inflation is eight. You're still losing seven percent. Seven percent down because your purchasing power is going away. Yeah, so. Maybe so they call that losing money safely. <laughs> it's a good one. But you're still losing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Safely. So that's maybe not the best idea either. Um, the fourth one was with rising inflation, what kind of equities make sense right now? Um, you know, right now, um, commodities, stuff like that, which has typically been good when inflation has kind of blossomed and, and kind of, well, right now kind of exploded. Um, They've already done really well. So at the end of last year, beginning of this year, they've already done really well. You, there's inflation hedged investments, uh, different types of things like that. But they've already done really well. You're kind of right. You're buying high instead of buying low and selling high. Yeah. And they they have a good metaphor in the article, which is it's kind of like purchasing fire insurance while your house is on fire already. Um, so, <laughs> as long as you get it, yep. right? exactly. That's all that matters. Commodities. So, oil's a commodity. Exactly. So you've already kind of seen that boom, right? It was up over a hundred dollars a barrel. Yeah. Um, and it's come back down a little bit. You see, obviously, yeah, it has gas prices when you go fill up your car and all that fun stuff, which has not been that fun lately. No, it hasn't. <laughs> not one bit. But it's come back down a little bit. Um, but those are typically things that you've seen really do really well when inflation is is the way it is right now. Was that five? Five what? Did we cover all five? One last one. Oh. Then we can go to whatever Jeff has. <laughs> <laughs> so the last one was, should you trim your spending with market volatility and inflation? Uh, and the market's being down. Do you, should, I, should I be spending less? 
Um, you'd say, no, don't drive yourself crazy. Don't try to look month to month. What has my portfolio done? Oh my gosh, I can't spend as much this month. What am I going to do? Uh, that's where working with uh, someone like myself and Jeff, we put together a really sound plan for income and retirement. We run cash flow analysis analyses, I guess you would say, for clients. Uh, and see, all right, if you spend X amount of dollars, is your money going to last you You know, throughout your retirement? We go all the way to age 100, you know, because it's not uncommon for people to live that long anymore. Oh, man, the, the uh, we just lost the last member of Easy Company, the famous band of brothers. Uh, he was, I think, 99. I could be wrong. But the World War II vets are all passing away right mm-hmm. now. That's a long, that's a long life. That's yeah. A, yeah, very few left, actually. Very few vets left from World War II. You're right. But if we see a baby born today, we're hearing right, you know, they expect it to live maybe 100 years. Yeah. So it's it's not uncommon. So that's what we plan to for our clients. Um, but it's it's really important just to set up when you retire, especially initially, just set up a sound plan for income when you retire. Uh, those are very all good. You had five of those. Go through them again, Chauncey. Just... Oh, go through them again. So the first one was... Um, with inflation in the markets, um, what should you be doing? Uh, really, there's nothing to really do right now, right? You've already seen the commodities explode. It's kind of hold. So don't overreact. It, t- exactly. Don't overreact. Don't go to bonds. Don't go all the bonds. Don't go all the cash. Uh, and if you are seeing the volatility and you're afraid about you're taking too much in your portfolio, if you're really afraid, revisit your income plan. Um, but the best way, like I said, is just set up right when you're retiring a sound plan for income that's should last you throughout your retirement. This is why we have plans, Jeff. You talk about it all the time. Have a financial plan. Stick to it. Don't panic. Don't get too over-emotional. I know it's tough to do, and some people might say, well, we are curtailing our spending. We're not going out to dinner as much. Everybody's got their own budget, and if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you're a younger couple, it is tough. Yeah. There are two things that we've seen a lot of over the last couple of years. One is what Chauncey was talking about with the cash flow projections, with the value of accounts dropping to some degree uh, and to some to a large degree. Do you still have enough money to maintain your lifestyle? And those cash flow projections are very valuable to our clients, mm-hmm. and they very much appreciate that. The second thing is I'm a, we're going to address more in the uh, wealth management and preservation segment is we've seen a number of clients die over the last couple of years. There are a number of different ways to get suddenly wealthy. Um, it can be retirement. It can be um, uh, selling your business. It can be a lottery. It can be a divorce where you're suddenly wealthy from a divorce. But what we've seen is an inheritance. And what's the best way to handle the inheritance? We're going to address that more in the wealth management and the sexy segment later on. I, I like that one. But those are two things. Cash flow projections while you're living. Make sure you're still doing okay. And then once you pass away, what is? how do you handle an inheritance when you're suddenly wealthy? We had a con- I was at a 4th of July party, just casual conversations. If I had a million dollars, this was a, a young female talking. And she said, oh, I'd spend it in a day. I could easily, and I go, in a day? She's like, yeah, I buy a house, you buy a car and a nice purse. That's a million right there. And I chuckled. I think she was about 23. <laughs> and she's probably right. <laughs> and she is probably right. And I said, it's all perspective. If you could... $10 million, somebody gives gifts it to you in one day. Yeah. You could probably go through that pretty easy. Buy a house. Everything's... It happens time and time again. You hear it about lottery winners especially. Where they blow it. They blow it in a short period of time. I, and I know somebody who's done that. They're Athletes really... that were pay, being paid $10 mm-hmm. million a year, and they went through it all, Jeff. Yes. It's gone. Yeah. What was that? Rex Chapman was just in the news lately, and he blew through all his money and... <laughs> I mean, I get it. You're getting paid all that money. You're a star. You think you're invincible, but 
then your day ends yes. and the checks stop. Yep, yep. It happens time and time again. Even all the time. Uh, Robin Yount, right? My favorite brewer because he stayed here all those years when Molitor left. I just, I like the guy a lot. He went through some very tough financial struggles. You know, how can that happen? Well, mismanaged. Yeah. Mismanaged it. I think he turned out okay. I think he's doing okay. Living down in Arizona right now. Um, We'll take a quick break and come back with Jeff Kowal, Chauncey Weisensel. This is WISN's Retirement Clinic. I should open a phone line, shouldn't I? I don't think I've done that yet. (laughs) If you want to call in, we are live. The Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. But we got a lot coming up with the boss uh, segment right after this with Aaron Kowal, the sexy segment, the inheritance topic Jeff wants to dive into. The number to call is 414-799-1130. Here at News Talk 1130 WISM, for more information on the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, thekowalway.com. Let's have a party. I love you, Red Solo Cup. I lift you up. Proceed to party. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owners' savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. The pandemic reminded us that a crisis can arise without warning. It forced business owners to learn how to adapt and create new solutions to keep their business operating. It can be hard to prepare for the unknown, but the best thing a small business owner can do for their business is to ensure they are ready for whatever comes their way. Here are some steps you can take to prepare your business for the unknown. First, don't be complacent. Take the time to assess vulnerable areas and where improvements can be made should a sudden downturn take place. Second, review your budget. Financial resilience is key to making it through a crisis. Set aside an emergency fund that can help fund operation costs and identify areas you could cut costs and shift funds if necessary. Next, talk to a Cowal Investment Group advisor about securing an, an extra line of credit and any additional steps you need to to take to ensure you have access to extra cash when you need it most. Then review your digital capabilities. You want to ensure your business can quickly pivot to solely online operations if necessary. Having this outlined ahead of time will allow your business to shift and adapt quickly. Lastly, detail your plans and actions into a handbook so you and your staff will know exactly what steps to take in the event of a crisis. Be sure to include necessary actions you'll need to take when the crisis has ended, such as the processes for returning to normal operations. If you're not sure where to start or if you need some advice, we are here to help. Give us a call today at 262-522-4040 or visit thekowalway.com. Aaron Kowal with today's BOSS segment, the acronym BOSS. Stands for Business Owners Savings and Security. Clearly, Chauncey and Jeff, you guys work with a lot of business owners. For some, Jeff, that could be their retirement plan, but is it enough? Absolutely. And, and you have to prepare for it, whether it's your business that you're going to rely on for your retirement. We like a backup plan to have an IRA or 401k in addition to that. Um, and th- this article that I'm going to go through, this uh, the, the topic is 
donating to charity from an IRA does not apply to business 401ks, which is uh, an interesting twist. You cannot do a qualified charitable distribution from a 401k plan. So a lot of these tax issues are pretty complex with, with regard to businesses, individuals, taking distributions from retirement plans. You have to work with somebody who does that all the time, which would be us. Well, that's the Kowal Investment Group. The Kowalway.com. We're back with Chauncey Weisensel with Jeff Kowal. I want to tease a segment. Your sexy segment, which is next after the break, That's right. is going to be about inheritance. Correct. And it affects a lot of our listeners. All of a sudden, boom, somebody passes away. You're the beneficiary. You inherit it. Maybe your family's involved. We'll talk about that. This segment is just what you said. And that's those tax traps with regard to charity. That's right. Using your individual retirement account to give to charity is a good thing. But tax snafus can ruin the good intentions. Do you know what SNAFU stands for? We shouldn't talk about that. SNAFU's an acronym? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was just a word for... Uh... Yeah, I'll tell you about it later. Oh. <laughs> situation... <laughs> Something bad. Well, situation normal. Everybody's all... Googling it right now. Situation normal all screwed up. Ah, <laughs> without the... Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Anyway, traditional IRAs have long... You learned so many things here. Yeah. Uh uh, traditional IRAs have long been used to make qualified charitable distributions. Eligible individuals can donate as much as $100,000 a year from your IRA. Uh, it can be part of your donor's requirement, requirement of distribution and amounts donated to qualified charities. A key thing, they're excluded from the donor's taxable income for that year. So if you have to take a, a required minimum distribution, so as an example, you have to take a $10,000 RMD, you can give $5,000 this amount to your favorite qualified charity. Instead of having to report $10,000 distribution to the IRS, only $5,000 will be taxed as ordinary income. There are little known nuances with these qualified distributions, so many people make mistakes. This is from Ed Slot, from Andy Ives, actually, from Ed Slot's group. Um, they're probably the premier group in, in retirement plan distribution planning. First of all, there's no quid pro quo. One mistake in making a gift is to a donor advised fund, private foundation, or charitable gift annuity. To obtain the tax benefit, there must be a full release of the funds directly to the charity. There can't be any uh, 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 compensation for it or anything else. Another mistake is that the donor accepts, accepts something in return for the gift. Again, quid pro quo, quid pro quo even a T-shirt as a thank you. Can't get it. Can't do it. You can't take a deduction for such a gift. Some people try to double dip. And you could probably take the T-shirt. You can't wear it. <laughs> that way nobody knows, right? Yeah, sure, Paul. <laughs> Disregard say, Paul's I, comment. Yeah, I say don't take it because uh, then it may disqualify your, your qualified uh, charitable distribution. But you can't deduct it. You've already gotten the tax break on it. You haven't, gotten, you haven't had to claim that as income because you gave – so, again, if you have a million dollars, your qualified distribution is $40,000. You want to give $20,000 to charity – through a qualified charitable distribution, you're not taxed as income on that $20,000. Mm -hmm. So you can't take that $20,000 as a tax deduction in addition to that. That is double dipping. This is a little bit um, um, uh, confusing because the SECURE Act raised the required minimum distribution age to 72, but you can give qualified charitable distributions at 70 and a half. So you can still give it. Now, it's not in the year in which you turn 70 and a half. You must be 70 and a half or older to give the distribution, do the qualified charitable distribution, even though your RMDs don't start until age 72. 
you cannot make a qualified distribution from workplace plans, such as a 401k. So again, that's where the planning comes in. If you have a million dollars in your 401k and you want to give to charity, you can't do it from there in a qualified charitable distribution. May make sense for you then to roll that into an IRA that you could do QCDs from there. Um, Again, regardless of when you make the qualified charitable distribution, it does more than just reduce your adjusted gross income. This is a key thing, especially if you're in a high tax bracket, which must be as much as, as high. It could be as high as 37%. It also mitigates the stealth taxes. In other words, it lowers your adjusted gross income. If you give the do a qualified charitable distribution instead of taking the RMD, it could affect your lower your gross income from Medicare Part B and Part D surcharges. I got a question about QCD, qualified charitable, charitable distribution. That first word, qualified. In other words, you've got to give it to a charity that's considered a charity. I can't give it to my daughter. Exactly. Very good, Paul. And it comes from a qualified plan, the IRA. So you're, you're absolutely right. To be a qualified charitable distribution has to go to a qualified charity. Uh, Are churches? Kid, do churches, churches fall in? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Um, you can't make qualified distributions yeah, to a workplace plan. Uh, if you make qualified distributions to more than one charity in a year, you must have separate written acknowledgement. So it's not a big deal. The last thing in this is let the IRS know. When you receive your 1099 from the custodian showing a distribution, there is no special coding for the dis- for the that you gave it to charity. It, therefore, it's your responsibility to inform the IRS uh, about it on your return. So, so is there a schedule for that uh, or some, Oh, you have to let them know. You let your tax guy know. Yeah. Uh, never hide that amount. from the IRS. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't want to that cuz they're going to look to see if you took that amount of money out. Yeah. So if if your if your company if if your custodian gives you a 1099 for $40,000, you say, "Wait a second, 20,000 of that was a qualified charitable distribution." It's your responsibility to report that if the trustee does not. And I get in life there's jobs. Jeff, I, I told you about when I was audited as a very young man, I learned a, a lesson about age 22. My band was playing. We get paid in cash, right? You just take it until I was audited. Oops. Oops. <laughs> well, we better start reporting this as income, which we did. You think about yeah, all these jobs with tips, right? Bartenders, babysitters that get paid in, in cash. I, I, I get it, folks. I get it. But when you're making significant money, I mean, you always want to report that and Never yeah, try and to you want hide. to make sure that you take advantage of the benefits and this qualified charitable distribution, especially if you're charitably inclined anyway, it's a, just a great way to go because you you have to take it, it counts towards your required minimum distribution. You don't have to pay a current income tax on it because it goes directly to the charity. It fulfills one of your desires to give to charity. So it's just really a great thing. You have to do it properly, though, and avoid those tax traps. When we come back, oh, the news of the day, I need to mention this, Jeff. You have added a location for the Kowal Investment Group in Heartland. For yep. those of you that live in Heartland, where are you located? Oh, on North Avenue in Heartland. So right in downtown Heartland, that particular office is just great. They joined the Kowal Investment Group, Liebert Financial. Jim Liebert's a great professional, been a friend of mine for a long, long time, and uh, he's agreed to join our practice. So that's great for the Lake Country area. Now, in addition, Port Washington up in Ozaki County, uh, we mentioned Phoenix, Arizona, Racine, headquartered in Waukesha. That's the main office for the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, doing market updates Monday through Friday. Then every Saturday, we get this live one-hour program and the sexy segment we're going to spend a little bit extra time on. 
When we come back, it's about inheritance. Stay tuned with Jeff Kowal, Chauncey Weisensel. I'm Paul Kronforst. This is WISN. Ah, the sexy segment music. That means it's time to talk about wealth management and preservation. Jeff Kowal on the Retirement Clinic, along with Chauncey Weisensel from the Kowal Investment Group. A little bit of a, I like this topic, the inheritance topic, Jeff. It affects so many out there, or if it doesn't yet, it may someday. Well, we try to talk about personal experience at times, and over the last couple of years, and you know, Chauncey again earlier mentioned talked about the cash flow projections we were doing for clients, that, you know, moving forward. But also over the last couple of years, a number of clients with COVID, with the uh, sicknesses related to that, number of clients have have passed away, and there are a number of ways to get suddenly wealthy. Uh, passing away is not the way we recommend, but. A lot of people will get suddenly wealthy because of an inheritance. And what do you do with a large inheritance? It can be both a boon and a burden. A boon because money can come in handy someday and a burden because it imposes a certain responsibility to the recipient to use it wisely and not simply squander it. Um, uh, This is Investopedia. I thought it was actually a pretty good article. Uh, You generally won't owe tax money on the money you inherit. Now, there is an exemption of around $12 million, and you double that for about $24 million is what's exempt from estate tax. There may be some income taxes due on IRAs and other things, so it gets a little complicated with the the taxation of of inherited IRAs. Um, But the first thing is take your time to decide what to do with it once you get it. I guess I'd go back even further and say don't assume you're going to get it. Oh yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's the assumption that I am due this money. Yes, don't count it. Things can change. Uh, your relative can, or whoever you're inheriting it from could need it for nursing home bills or end of life expenses or things like that. This is kind of interesting. A study published by the Bureau of Labor Statistics found that a long predicted inheritance boom in the World War II era generation passed their wealth onto the baby boomers' offspring, never materialized. Between 1989 and 2007, only 21% of households reported receiving an inheritance or gift. Moreover, the average inheritance today is about $46,200, according to the Federal Reserve. It would be useful, but it's probably not life-changing for most people. Uh, the heirs of baby boomers' accumulated wealth may also be disappointed when their day comes. So baby boomers, uh, the kids of baby boomers. Good reason the numbers members of younger generations to get on with their own financial lives, invest what they can for their future, try to avoid much debt, and not rely on the windfall. So if you're relying on it, and the last generation, only 21% of it actually got it, and you're thinking, I'm, I'm in good shape because you know, there are so many things that – that could happen to, you know, again, end-of-life issues, um, the, the market turning bad, somebody cashing out. There's all types of things that could happen. And going to the cost of hospice care or nursing homes, assisted living. Jeff, that is an incredible burden, 
unless you're if you've got insurance, long term care insurance. Most it, Americans don't have that. You also have to be careful that you could upset the person who's giving you the money, and they say they cut you out. <laughs> that's <laughs> so why they call be, them revocable living that's trusts. That's right. You that's can you, revoke. You can change that beneficiary. You gotta be nice to somebody your whole life to make sure you get it. <laughs> <laughs> be nice to grandpa and grandma. That's right. And mom and dad. Uh, but to you're making the overall point is a very serious one. Do not count on it, even if you're. You've been told you're going to get right. this. So, th- so then let's say that you do get it. What do you do? First of all, you don't feel like don't feel like you have to, and this is what we counsel our clients, when they have this situation occur, you don't have to make the decisions all at one time. You could take weeks or months. There are some decisions you have to make right away. Um, but many of them you can put off. You don't have to pay off a house as an example if you inherit it you don't there are some things that you do or don't you may have to it depends on what the what the note says but you just have to be careful with it you don't have to make long-term investments um getting what you do could take time probate the legal process through which the state's assets are distributed under the guidance of the court can take anywhere from weeks Two years, and we've seen it uh, in some cases delayed. Probate also costs lots of money. Could it could, could. It doesn't necessarily? It's an orderly transfer, but you know it has to go through the court, so it could cost some money to do that. Seek advice, and then that's a key thing. Again, we deal with this all the time. So if you're facing that situation, a potential inheritance, or if you've actually inherited some money, uh, give our office a call. We work with this all the time. It's good to get some help with that. Pay off debt. One worthy use for inherited money is paying down your debts, particularly the high-interest debts such as credit cards, student loans. Lower interest debt, such as home mortgage, if you have one, is more of a judgment call. And a lot of times, if if interest rates, you know, they've gone up, so you're holding a low interest mortgage. Why pay off your mortgage? Uh, invest the rest where you've paid off your debts. You can decide what to do with the money that's still sitting safely in your bank or credit union accounts. Again, if you sit on it for for three months, six months, nine months, it doesn't hurt you to do that. There's volatility in the market. But then once you do decide to go back in, again, that's how we counsel people. How do you get back into the market? How do you invest that? Do you put it in all at one time? Do you do it over a period of time? And typically it makes a lot of sense to do it over a period of time. Next is understand tax implications. Unless you inherit a great deal of money, you probably won't have to worry about it. For 2022, the, the estate taxes kick in at $12.06 million. So if, uh, uh, if the estate is worth more than $12 million, and in some cases you can double that with a husband and wife to $24 million, you don't, you don't have to worry about inheritance taxes. But, and you really don't have to worry about other state taxes for the most part. Um, for stocks, there will be what's called a step-up in basis in most cases. Inherited IRA, so that means the tax on, on large gains in, t- in stocks for the most part are wiped out. So you don't have to worry about taxes on those for the most part. Inherited IRA is a little more complicated. The tax rules vary depending on whether the decedent was your spouse or someone else. If it's your spouse, it could just be rolled over. If it's somebody else, you have to be very careful with how to do that. And for the most part, has uh, has to be rolled over. Has to be paid out over ten years. Uh, what's considered a large inheritance? I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, with, in 2019, for example, the wealthiest families reported average inheritances of seven hundred nineteen thousand dollars, while the poorest families, those received an inheritance of nine thousand seven hundred dollars. A way of looking at the impact of $9,700 of inheritance could be a godsend to someone 
with few other assets, while $719,000 bestowed on an already rich individual might mean very mm, nothing, little. Nothing, right. Now, yeah. You mentioned before, not really life-changing. It all helps. It all helps, you bet. For a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but the relatively small inheritance might not be life-changing, but it's a godsend. Bottom line, if you receive a large inheritance, use it wisely. Contact us if we can help at all. It can, it can make a positive difference in your life. Inheritance. If you've got questions off the air, we have not given out your number yet at the Kowal Investment Group. Two ways, thekowalway.com, great website, start there, thekowalway.com, or just reach out by calling 262-522-4040. News today, breaking news on WISN. <laughs> Jeff has added a new location. We'll tell you more about that when we come back in our final segment here at WISN. WISN wrapping up today's retirement clinic with Jeff Kowal and Chauncey Weisensel. Man, we covered a lot of territory there, Jeff. We did. It was a lot, you know, reassess. Chauncey was talking about reassess your situation if uh, that you're in right now. Be careful with your cash flow. You don't have to necessarily destroy your quality of life just because the markets have been down. So check with us. Again, cash flow projections. Chauncey is really great at that. Covered about inheritances. We, we talked about qualified charitable distributions. Things that we work in in our office all the time. If you have $750,000 or more, if you have a million, two million, five million dollars, ten million dollars, close to already in retirement and we care deeply about your success in retirement, Give our office a call, 262-522-4040, or go to thekowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L. Announced today that you have added a location in Heartland, right in the heart of Heartland. Racine, Waukesha, Port Washington, and Phoenix as well. Have a great weekend, guys. Thanks, you too, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Thanks Chauncey. Jeff Kowal, the retirement... Clinic every Saturday. We are live at 10 on WISN Milwaukee.